Nick, what are you wearing, mate? Uh, this one is a English women's away kit from 2019. Got uh, Alex Greenwood number three on the back. It's a Raglan, actually. Look at that. Raglan sleeve, um, quarter design with like a rose thorn texture through it. Um, it's magnificent. Get on board. Sublimated or is it in the weave? Yeah, sub. Yeah. So it's um, the lighter maroon dyed fabric with the darker sub on top. And are those uh, lines female lines for a female shirt or are they still male lines? It's just the standard logo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got on kit? I'm wearing the 1992 Dream Team USA basketball jersey. I believe I've got Barkley on the back. Um, yeah. Guns out once again. Guns out, yeah. Went to the gym today, probably noticed. Ooh, oh, yeah. you're enthusiastic, me. mate. <laughs> gusto low. <laughs> Crank up that gusto level. What's Mason got on today, Kit? You tell us. Mason uh, is blessing our eyes with a very simple and charismatic plain white tee. It's what I wear under my AFL shirt. Even on game day. <laughs> it looks like it. Nah, just man's got no tan, so. Gotta work on it. <laughs> and uh, anyone working on anything interesting worth talking about? Should no? I say that again? <laughs> no. <laughs> Crickets. Well, yeah. I've got Love the, um, I got the softball Australia men's team coming up around the corner. Um, and we just finished off with. Some some ladies stuff for Softball Australia. So That's we had a, a bit one. of a chat. Uh, all had a bit of a chat amongst ourselves before the podcast started, and everyone seemed a little secretive. So might be some things happening, but no one wants to share too much. Mason accused me of asking too many questions, so that's you know great way to get started. Ah, Heaven forbid I make conversation. Oh, look out! Thinks so I'm stealing trade secrets <laughs> off you or something. What, you you getting into netball, are you, mate? No, I'm just trying to find out how your day's been, bud. <laughs> I was talking to a friend. <laughs> I'm on edge. I'm on edge. Late <laughs> night. Southsiders. Oh, settled down. Might be a little bit of a competition between me and you coming up. Is there? What with? Is all? I don't know. That's all I can say. But... Ooh. Oh. oh. <laughs> are we on the verge of a podcast exclusive? <laughs> yeah. Something you want to share there, mate? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I can't wait till I can finally release something as an exclusive on this podcast. <laughs> and we can make a stinger and it can be the elusive exclusive. Oh, look out. <laughs> How long has that one been in the bank for? About eight seconds. Elusive <laughs> exclusive. I love for. it. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to make something up just so that you can use that. Yeah, I'll throw some red herrings out. <laughs> We've just signed the Cronulla Sharks for 10 years. <laughs> I would say that's um, pretty audacious except the the manly announcement that came out earlier this year, seven years, my God. Yeah, that's true. I'll probably have six kids and be grey by the time that contract's over. Oh, busy man. How far yeah. is um, Jason Tamalolo through his 10-year contract now? That's got to be close. More More than five, surely. Let's find it out. Keep talking amongst yourself, boys. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, buddy's, buddy's basically at the end of his mammoth contract. I don't know yeah. about Jason Tamalola. I reckon it's a bit ambitious by Manly as well. The way glo- uh, global warming's going, there might not even be a Manly in seven years' time. Hey, listen, we're I making am. jerseys out of plastic bottles. There's no such thing as global warming anymore. <laughs> You're saving the planet one water at a time. Yeah. How'd you go, Nick? Did you find it? Oh, no, nah. nah, I'm still looking. 2017, maybe. Yeah, okay. Riveting stuff. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, who knows? <laughs> All right, C- come back to it later. Come back to it later. Do your research. Let's, uh, let's get this show on the road, fellas. Let's go. Hello and 
welcome to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason and with me are men that need no introduction. All right, fellas, let's get on to the news and starting off, we've got Boxing Australia to wear Indigenous competition uniform. So this is from boxing.org.au. Boxing Australia has commissioned two Indigenous former Australian representative boxers, Paul Fleming um, and Brad Hoare, to create artwork for use as the Australian team competition uniform. The artwork has been incorporated into the red and blue competition singlets and shorts that will be used in international competitions by Australian boxing teams. This generation of Australian boxers will be able to wear with pride the new competition singlets and shorts with their Indigenous culture designs and in doing so, honour the deep historical heritage they represent. Australian boxing has a proud history of Indigenous Olympians, boasting the most of any sport with 20 following Alex Winwood's participation at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Boxing Australia will uncover their new uniforms on Sunday 1st of May at 11.30am with a reveal to be held at the Australian Institute of Sport. Set your clocks. I know you're a big fan of um, just using the Indigenous designs as your standard design rather than a special kit, so uh, yeah, I'm sure absolutely. it'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. More all for it. All for uh, Indigenous designs just being there for the sake of being there, uh, using Indigenous desi- uh, using Indigenous names in team names. I know we've we've chatted a long time about that, you and me, Nick. Um, and yeah, I think that the more adoption, the better from my my perspective. Yeah, Kiwi teams have done it for a little while, so Australian teams will, will definitely follow. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Okay, now this is from Nathan Williamson at rugby.com.au. Wallaroos set to play first match in the iconic gold strip. Wallaroos have named a 32-player squad for next month's two-test series against Fijiana and Japan at Suncorp Stadium, where they are set to play their first match in the gold jersey following the adoption by the Wallabies and seven sides across the past 12 months. I am delighted to see such a promising Buildcorp Wallaby squad selected off the back of a competitive Buildcorp Super W season, and I cannot wait to see them in action at Suncorp Stadium in our gold jersey, Rugby Australia CEO Andy Marinos added. Across the business, we've spoken about this iconic jersey being about our history and our future. It is fantastic that now we have all our national teams representing Australia in the same golden thread. Gold or orange? Oh, <laughs> don't don't be staring at some people there, buddy. <laughs> um, yes, I think that uh, color looked is... good back in the like cotton days. When it's it, like that dyed fabric, it looks very orange, doesn't it? It is an iconic color. It, it yeah. is very much that. Yeah, I suppose back in the day it was wallabies. Now it's just rugby Australia. It's yeah. it's very iconic for them. Yeah. Favorite one oh, for you. Did a lot of winning in it, so <laughs> that's true. That. Maybe the maybe the color coming back will yeah. we'll get some success on field again. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is. I know this one is going to grind your gears, Nick. Uh, this yes, is from it. our f- friends over at Footy <laughs> Headlines. Authentic jersey lawsuit. Adidas is being sued in the USA over the authentic NHL jerseys on sale to fans, which are claimed are closer to replica standards and differ significantly from shirts worn by NHL players. The plaintiff maintains that the labelling of these shirts as authentic is misleading and the actual value of the product is not equal to the monetary value placed on it by Adidas. The lawsuit is being taken against Adidas America, who are also responsible for the production of MLS kits. They have attracted a lot of criticism over the last couple of seasons for their very visible differences between authentic and replica jerseys. Go. Might be about it, mate. For a rant. <laughs> about it. Get ready. <laughs> now, um, this has been something that's bugged me for a long time. Um, I know as a designer and as someone in the industry, costs come into it and ease of manufacturing and, and delivery and stuff like that comes into it. But as a fan of jerseys and someone who buys a lot of them, you want to be buying something that actually looks like the real thing. Um, 
these authentic jerseys are pretty good in football. Obviously, NHL fans aren't that happy with them. Um, but replica jerseys in football, oh my god. These recent MLS ones, like, they're missing trim on sleeves, they're missing trim on collars, stars are missing from badges. Um, obviously, the curved ham has always been missing on replicas. And yeah. you just want to be buying something that actually looks like what your team wears. We will. It happens uh, in rugby too. Like, you want to buy the 2015 All Blacks jersey. Everyone knows that's my favorite jersey of all time. And the replica jersey just had like a simple, plain, not anything close pattern than the real one. And it looks completely different. Yeah. So we've included all of our show notes in the in the description below for the podcast. So we'll we'll include all of the links there, including some comparisons from footy footy headlines, as you've mentioned, Nick, that um, yep. compare the authentic on field for the MLS kits, um, and uh, additionally, yeah, for the uh, NHL kits as well. So as you said, yeah, like binding badges. Neckline. Yeah, I understand the embroidery versus the heat seal, but come on with the trim and stuff. Like, at least put trim on. Very obvious uh, yeah. when we're looking at this LA Galaxy one here that you we're just missing um, sponsors off the sides of sleeves, or or even just the competition logo for that matter. Yeah, design elements like the stars, the everything. <laughs> So what is what what is the classification, guys? What's the classification for a authentic versus a replica? Where's the lines there, Nick? I know in football it's they're pretty good, especially the Adidas ones. They are basically what the players wear, apart from sort of a number size inside rather than your standard wash labels and stuff. Um obviously being not a super high contact sport you don't need to build the strongest jersey like they do in american football rugby and stuff so you can get away with those lighter materials on field as well as off field um you look at what dynasty are doing with their replica ranges this year and putting the embossed texture like the embossed features in to rep represent the gel Gel grip. Gel grip, yeah, which is, yeah. you know, that's a, at least a cool replacement and it gives you that extra feeling that, yeah, okay, this looks like the real thing now. Yeah, did you want to take your Tim Tam, pineapple Tim Tam out of your mouth and comment on any of that? No? All right, we'll keep he's going. He's very quiet this week, yeah. Very quiet. Usually he's Maybe the Maybe we'll ranting. get him excited for the uh, episode topic a little bit later. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any anything else? Nah. Let's let's go. That, um, yeah. Keep keep moving on. I, I was expecting a little bit more cranky pants from you, mate. <laughs> let's not get too fiery. I, right. I think people are people will agree with me that buying something that looks nothing like the team jersey as jersey nerds is very frustrating. Yeah. If if you're going with that uh, authentic. It needs to be authentic. In, in yeah. my mind, someone who d doesn't collect, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of messages from our listeners who do collect, uh, authentic in my mind is a the player issue. Yeah. it's Maybe it's not the one that's worn, but it's part of that kit, part of yeah. that, um, that order that's been placed and delivered and not used, something like that, or, you know... It's 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 an authentic merch range, the exact products. Mm. So yeah, I, I kind of stand by that. My my favorite All Blacks jersey that apparently is as close as you can get to what they wear on the field, apart from the carbon weave and in the material. So mm -hmm. generally, the authentics are, are pretty good, but obviously not in the NHL or the MLS. No, definitely not the replicas there. All right, let's let's stay over in the uh, Americas there, North America, in fact. So this yeah. is via uh, the Spun Sports Illustrated. 
49ers will wear new uniforms in 2022. This is thespun.com. On Monday, the 49ers revealed that they are making some just some updates to their jerseys for the 2022 season. There'll be two distinct changes to the new shirt. Massive changes. <laughs> the first and perhaps the most noticeable will be the addition of three stripes to the shirt sleeves of the base jersey. San Francisco have gone with two stripes for the past few years, but have used, uh, but have used three on alternates. The second big change might be a little harder to see from a distance. It's a saloon-style watermark on the front of the shirt with the 49ers nickname underneath the NFL logo um, and above the jersey number and on the rear of the helmets. Yeah, well, I assume the three-stripe thing has something to do with Adidas, which is why Nike went down to two stripes. But but if they're using it on their alternate... Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why they did it because it's been three for most of the 49ers history. So I don't know. Yeah, well, the fans' reaction looks pretty positive. The closer, yeah, everyone's happy. Yeah, closer we get back to the uh, original, the better they're saying. So yeah, can't argue with that. Fans are happy, then you're on a winner as a exactly. designer. And this is from MLB.com, Kansas City Royals City, Kansas City Royal City Connect uniform. <laughs> the Royals unveiled their Nike City Connect uniforms on Monday, paying tribute to the fountains that have always adorned Kansas City as a gesture to welcomeness and openness around the city. The team will wear the jersey for the first time on Saturday against the Yankees at Kaufman Stadium, with the organization planning special content and events that day to celebrate the debut of the jersey. Details on the jersey are a nod to the Royals' history or the city. The striping on the sleeves is similar to the jerseys of the 80s. There is an R with a crown above it on the right sleeve, paying homage to the Royals' original script. The phrase, hey, 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 is sewn into the collar to honour the Royals' victory song by Paul McCartney. And the letter and number scripts were chosen to reflect an Art Deco style that is seen in the architecture of many of the iconic buildings in downtown and midtown in Kansas City, like the Courthouse and City Hall, as well as ooh, um, Municipal Auditorium. Pretty good looking, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I like the colours. Uh, I'm sure that's, uh, as someone who is not a fan of uh, baseball, um not familiar with the team, but uh, no. the colours, yeah, I'm guessing that's their colours. The really nice combination. colour is the, the sort of powder blue. Yeah, uh, okay, gotcha. They, they wanted to use navy to sort of relate to other teams from the city, so. Yeah. Yeah, sure. that's where the navy came from. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh, Olymp Mexico Olympic vibes with that. Oh, uh, yeah, the... Over the year being in that sort of font, yeah. Yeah. The... Or um, 2006 FIFA World Cup Adidas font. I don't know if you'd know that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a neat, clean uniform. And what I'll also just say is we're looking at, um, again, links included in the show notes below, the Twitter post via Kansas City Royals, the production and the the vibe on those photos is pretty neat too. That yeah. you know blue lit hallway with the blue baseball, the powder blue baseball bat. Um, yeah, I think they powder look. Blue mitt. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's it's all yeah, really neat. Um, and not oh, overdone. Yeah. No, nah, well. nah. That's the one good thing about those American uniforms. Eh, is they're always pretty traditional and understated. Um. One criticism I'd probably say, which is probably just a league rule, would be the placement of the number. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really like if, if you were allowed to sort of match the height of the KC logo on the opposite chest, I think that would look fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to comment on it because I wasn't sure. I didn't yeah. want to sound like I knew what I was talking about here, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there's a reason why it's that low, but yeah, yeah. I definitely sympathize with you there. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Um, What's on the hat, mate? Yeah, yeah, the hat. <laughs> well, again, not not entirely sure what's happening here, but 
Yeah, it does look like the 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 logo, the icon that they're using there sits really quite high, wraps around the top of the the crest of the baseball cap there, doesn't it? Yeah. I uh, nearly wondered if they needed to downsize the the size of the logo there just to get it to sit more forward facing, more flush. And it's probably a and not an issue, but a and an an outcome of the logo design being quite tall and narrow, isn't it? With thin stripes through it, so you can't go too small with the thin embroidery. Yeah, that's a good point. I would say these hats have actually been um, manufactured with the embroidery first and then made afterwards because I, yeah. I can't see any way where they'd be able to make the, you know, embroider those after the caps have been made. Yeah, it's all too close to sort of edges and stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Something I've just picked up here looking and this, you know, I might need to go back later and do a bit of review here. The the MLB logo on the back of the cap, if you're on the link and then looking via the Twitter images, yep. the MLB logo is actually um, color, color graded to the team colors. Is that yep. something that's been adopted in the MLB? Um, I know I was actually looking before at some mother's day versions as well and that had a pink version of the logo so it must be a thing they do i know the mls do it and stuff as well so yeah that's all the trend now isn't it with with, um league logos is just adopting them to the team colors which again i'm all for yeah i think i think it's a cool um development we've seen over the last few years a league's done it and um nrl and all them so yeah, if, if Kit could get his Banoffee pineapple Tim Tam out of his mouth, I'm sure he'd he'd have something to say soon too. Come on, mate, we're we're gonna we're gonna shift on now to the um to the episode topic. So uh yeah, let's keep this going. Finish well, that he's up. He's got something to say in there. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> All right, and shifting over now uh to our episode topic this week, and it is unusual requests. So I know from time to time with my experience in the industry, get some pretty interesting questions, right? Um, Some people with some pretty strong ideas and what they're after. And I know you fellas would too. So uh, Nick, why don't you start off, mate? Have you got anything there that uh, has been asked of you by a client? Yeah, I guess the weirdest stuff you get is from like the social sports scene. So I don't know how much you'd get in that professional scene. But recently I had to do a Homer Simpson dribbling down the front of a shirt. That was a weird one. And now when you say dribbling, please tell me basketball, dribbling a basketball and not just. Out of his mouth. Okay. Yeah. The background was purple and then Homer Simpson was yellow, obviously. But then not only was that weird enough, but they came back and asked for Homer Simpson to be yellow, uh, to be orange, sorry. Um, so that was weird. But then eventually it got back to just being yellow. So thankfully they weren't killing the Simpsons brand there. Forgot what the skin tone. The color of the man was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Talking on colors, so talking on colors, one that I've uh, gotten a lot of times, and I'll just use one color as an example, is can you make it redder or can you make it more green? Is that something that no. you've experienced? <laughs> yeah, or can you make it brighter? I was like, it's a bit hard with sublimation, mate. Give me some neon ink and you will we'll go for it you can't fade into neon so that's hard so kit if i were to ask you can you make it redder how would you go about that oh i'd probably make a noise like i just made then um, <laughs> i'd assume they're probably referring to the color being a little dull or dark or something and i'd give them the brightest hue of a red that i possibly could and then I'd probably mutter on my, under my breath that they can go and go forth and multiply. They're probably an annoying client. Um, 
I'm already at a hundred M, mate. <laughs> you know, when, when we first started talking about this topic, I had nothing. And in the the last three minutes that we've started, you guys have brought up a uh, actually a handful of things that I can think back on. So oh, here we uh, go. maybe there's life in this topic after all from, from my account. He's been stimulated. Uh, I was going to say, got... it wouldn't be much in the professional world, would there? Like professional sports. Oh, well, you'd be surprised, mate. But uh, I'll let you in on a little elusive exclusive. And much <laughs> to Mason's dismay is that I haven't always just worked in the pro team side of things, buddy. <laughs> that, I know that that is a dig at me for a comment that I made last week. I know yep. for a fact. <laughs> yep. I started off in grassroots and uh, started at the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> More can, I tell you, from Kit? can I tell you the weirdest one? And uh, it was looking like this episode was going to come and go without us mentioning the Redcliffe Dolphins. But I just thought of a funny one. Um, obviously, when I was at Classic, we used to do the Redcliffe Dolphins and they had a heap of junior. Their junior program is massive, right? And um, they were, all used to get different jerseys and whatnot. And I can't remember if it was their senior team or their jersey, uh, their junior team. They all This is during the Marvel superhero phase and each grade wanted a different superhero jersey. And they thought we could just go and steal ISC's ones, right? Of, of course. They know no better. We had to tell them, uh, obviously, that can't be done. Hopefully, you know, thinking it would diffuse the idea. Then they requested that we create our own superheroes. So I think there was something like a dozen superheroes that needed to be created. Well, so well, we did well, like... Well, sorry. As in like just come up with superheroes or just pick other superheroes that weren't already used? Think of it like, uh, like a I can't believe it's not Ant Man type of scenario, right? Gotcha. Um, uh, the old Deadpool with round eyes sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're making jerseys, mate, so uh, we're not doing the mask. Yeah. Um, so, it's Superman. <laughs> Superman. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was kind of knockoffs, not close enough to get sued, which. I've been sued before, so wasn't keen on being involved in that again. But the senior side wanted a special one, right? They wanted us to go all out. They wanted us to create someone called Dolphin Man. And here I was thinking that I'd just be able to design a cool, cool, you know, dolphin suit, much like Spider Man has a suit, and you know, Batman and Ant Man and all that. But <clears throat> so I went through a couple of concepts, and in your reds and whites and blacks and greys, and. uh I was shocked that it didn't go down too well because apparently it was nothing like what they were thinking. In their mind, they wanted a jersey that was like a uh, like a man meets dolphin, like some sort of mutant, <laughs> some sort of mutant man dolphin, um, kind of like you know, kind of like the, the the Raiders Hulk jersey, where this dolphin man had morphed into a dolphin and uh, the jersey had sort of ripped around him. So I had to make this, this, you know, heinous, horrible, weird dolphin uh, skinned grey beast with red rags dangled off it and, a, you know, a big flat fin off the back of its uh, behind the, the jersey's shoulders and it was just the most bizarre thing that I've ever been involved in. So... So how do you get – so what was your process of getting dolphin skin what, – what, what is it? What, are the, what is the texture of a – is it skin even? It's not scales, is it? It's, it's it, definitely the not scales. smoothest thing known to man. Yeah, it would be the same as whales, I imagine, whatever, whatever whales are, right? So how did you even go about getting the texture of that, right? I'd imagine what I did was went to Google Images, typed in dolphin skin, size large, found some sort of texture that I could use and then uh, did a bit of playing around on Photoshop and As many that was pixels that. as possible, please. Put an overlay on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I dare say I've probably I've got the file the here somewhere. So um, if I didn't have my microphone plugged in, I'd be able to share it with you guys. But, 
Yeah, that was one of the weirdest ones that, that I'd had. Um, just another one that's kind of similar and a little bit controversial. Um, so I don't know if this might need to be edited. But, uh, You'll I let us know. That. <laughs> so when I was in Perth, the whole the way I got into this industry was we basically created our own teamwear business, right? And uh, <clears throat> servicing WA mostly, and um, got like Nick alluded to, got a lot of social sports, and in particular, a lot of basketball teams who all thought they were comedians and tried getting you know some sort of banter team name in. Anyway, there was this group of school teachers who had this uh, social basketball team, right? And their jerseys were always the same as the um, the Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> except they weren't named as such. They just went by the names HGL, which isn't quite HGT, which would be Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. No one ever knew what HGL stood for, right? So we did their jerseys for two or three years. As I mentioned, they're, they're, they're school teachers, maybe late primary school teachers. Anyway, into the third or fourth year of doing their jerseys, it came out what their actual team name was and uh, the whole competition just erupted, right? Like it was just a disgrace. I think they got kicked out of the league. And um, HGL stood for Hyman Globe Lickers. Oh, <laughs> what? Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Um, and obviously, we felt we felt terrible because we'd done their gear for for four years, not knowing. Yeah. And these school teachers had no idea that, that was inappropriate, or you know, anything they, like that. They had no idea. Yeah, they couldn't understand that they'd done anything wrong. So um, that was a, a weird request to be in, involved in. That's for sure. How can yeah. you not know that's a little bit off? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, another one I've um, probably a little bit inappropriate as well that I've sort of seen and been involved with was um, a team called Blitzkrieg. So by the name, you can tell where it's going. Um, Say it again for me. Blitzkrieg. World War II, German Army. Okay. (laughs) So they had these like camo green jerseys with red armbands, a white circle, and a little black symbol in it. And wow. Yeah, they got told to not wear the jerseys at the competition um, the next day. Um, another one at this, I think it was the competition before, um, we had a bunch of Pikachus that are not Pikachus, Pokemon that we had to do, and was all each player had a different Pokemon covered in a laser tag pack. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, they were different. Man does not know his Pokemon. Yeah, what Pokemon no idea were they? <laughs> no idea. One was Char- green, one was orange. They had some uh, colors. Or uh, Charmander. Charizard. I was just trying to hide hide the 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 guys with a laser tag pack. <laughs> On the yeah, on the final theme of inappropriateness, I just remembered one that I was involved in a touch footy team that went by the name Belangolo Bandits. I'm not sure if you guys are too familiar with Belangolo State Forest was the infamous uh, <laughs> infamous resting ground of um, Ivan Malat's victims, oh, just south is. of Sydney, and uh, their their jerseys had gunshot. On the uh, on the front of the tees, the logo had a silhouette of Ivan Milat, and on the back of everyone's jersey was a, a national flag. Um, oh, that's signifying too your, your heritage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could probably send that logo through too. It's uh, no one, yeah. no one picked up on it. The team, you know, no one was kicked out of the league or, or gotten in trouble for it. So, yeah, very interesting. Uh. So some of the ones that uh, I have here was a surf life-saving one. Uh, not inappropriate. I, I can't think of any inappropriate ones right now. But uh, I think we're not we've exhausted our own podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this one was I was supplied some 
stock images, which is, is going to be a trend with a few of mine. And uh, they wanted a surf lifesaving boat coming, crashing over, um, what would they call it, the, the wave, uh, the curl of the wave, and uh, put in the boat uh, like duck caricatures. So I think the... The boat is, it might be called a duck or an aqueduct or something like that is, you know, the, the boats that they use. Yeah. Um, so I had to, you know, manipulate it with, you know, kind of like the boat is jumping out with, you know, not explosions behind it, but water splashing behind it, with the you know, the wave coming over the wave and manning this boat is uh, nearly looking like Donald Duck Ducks without being Donald Duck Ducks. Uh, another one that I've got here is, uh, Nick, you may have seen this one around too, is a shark coming out of a banana peel with uh, yeah, really yeah. no context at all. <laughs> I think the team name was, uh, oh, there's a oh, shark banana or it, banana shark or something, something like that. Uh, a big one that I, uh, would, both dread and have a lot of fun with every year was uh, an amateur national um, event, uh, just a social social get together national event, and the owner of the uh, facilities would, um, whom the teams would go away, would is very keen in doing his own artwork. So they would supply us with uh, the artwork and then I would have to try and replicate that artwork into our print patterns um, and they would include hand-drawn abs and odd fades from brown to green and palm trees and ferns and animals and all this different stuff. The women had... Uh, pectorals and abs and in the shapes of women's parts and the men would have pectorals and abs in the shape of men's parts. Um, but the the kicker that really got me was as it was a national event, there would be their logo on one chest and a, a shape of Australia on the other chest with a star featuring where that uh, tournament was taking place on the Australian map where that star was, you would have a bright red arrow like you'd see on a lot of your YouTube channels, big ass arrow on it. And then on the end of the tail of that arrow, the name of the location where the star was on the map. So it was all, uh, very, um, obvious where the event was taking place, which, um, on the you know, chest. Yeah, on the chest, which, uh, you know, as designers, we we try to get away from the literal side and, and use the visuals to do the talking. Um, but, yes, this customer was very adamant that it Am had I to include of all of the that. the right customer? Yes, you are. Yeah, okay. Um, some other, other minor ones similar to the making it redder request that I would have, um, was bowling and can you make it look like the bowling ball is hitting the pins harder? So how you go about doing that? Is that more lines? Is that moving the pins further away? Is that blurring the pins? Um, and, uh, can you make the tornado move faster or make it look like it's moving faster? So all ones where, you know, as you said, dealing with social or community-related stuff and you're, you're trying to uh, dissect what they're after and they don't necessarily have the proper tools to be able to communicate to you exactly what they're picturing in their head. Yeah, we've worked on some interesting ones together, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there is another one, and I'll probably I can't fully remember it, so I, I don't want to butcher it now. But lots in the the darts space in North Queensland. Um, used to do with a lot of darts in in NQ, um, and yeah, there was miscommunication around what I think was a falcon. There was a lot of conversation around a falcon, and we were designing for ages, and the customer was like, "Why is this bird here? This." 
this crocodile needs to be, you know, riding onto or holding onto a falcon. And we're like, it's a falcon. What more can we say? Whereas, uh, no, no, the falcon was actually a car, a Ford Falcon car that we were supposed to be putting in. So, yeah, some fun times with those North Queensland darts. I've got some uh, protein listed ones here that I could probably share, maybe not as uh, colourful, but um, equally frustrating and, uh, you know, for all us designers out there. Um, have I just missed something funny in the in the group chat? Yes, you have something oh, very I'll, disgusting. I will discuss these once you've once you get there. <laughs> no, mate. you've got it. You've got to talk about them now. No, no, go first, Kit. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, a couple of my highlights. Uh, a lot of these I probably can't name the team or the coach, but cluey people might be able to work it out. Some favourites um, include a coach that must have been into his, I don't know, his war books or war stories or something like that and got it in his brain that jerseys made from Kevlar were the next big thing in combat, in not combat, but in uh, contact sports. So has tasked multiple suppliers with his words, I believe, were weaving Kevlar into the jersey fabric thinking that that would um, absorb, you know, a hit up and stuff like that. Obviously works great for it, you know, a bullet or a projectile, but not sure where the force is meant to be transferred when it's, you know, 130 kilo body smashing into a 130 kilo body. So uh, that went on for years, I believe. Um, Same coach also decided one preseason that the colours of the team weren't suffice, weren't sufficient. And he'd been reading some psychology books and stuff like that. And he waltzes in and goes, our colour needs to be darker. But, mate, this club's worn that colour for X amount of years, years and years and years and years and decades. No, it needs to be darker. Why is that? Oh, I read in a book that, um, you know, the opponents won't be able to see us coming so quickly. So that's what he was writing at the time until a member of his coaching staff said, oh, that's very well, but how are we meant to see each other and pass to each other? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, good call. Um, <laughs> and that was the so end of it. You guys, do you guys think that's actually a thing? Like jersey, what would you call it? Jersey psychology? I reckon there's an element to it for sure. No, I, I mean... You hear that Man United story about when they changed kits at halftime from their grey to their blue and, you know, you get like the dazzle camo that was on warships put on jerseys. Does it make it harder to tell where the players are going? And I don't know. I don't know if I've ever believed it. You'd probably find a dominant sports team in all colours of the rainbow, I'd imagine. Yeah. Apparently, like, they do have stats on goalkeeper colours and what's harder to take penalties against, but that just could be, yeah, again, what colours the dominant teams wear. I mean, look at the All Blacks. They wear black and they're pretty soft, so. Uh, count, countering that, I, I would say there's a there's a psychological element. I definitely believe that from a colours point of view. If you're, face, if you're going up against someone, you know, depending on what your opposition is wearing, there's automatically a first impression um, element there. I don't really know. I'd find it hard to believe, you know, when you're talking about you know, camo and stuff like that, yeah. whether that really plays an impact. You've heard of tennis players in the past that would wear colours, the same colour as the tennis ball, and you would imagine, yeah, that might have a very minor um, impact on the opposition, but again... Yeah. yeah, I suppose the colour of the ball in cricket compared to uniforms, if you're talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I think whatever there's the, definitely elements. Whatever the Warriors wore in the second half on Monday should probably never be worn again. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to try hard to score 54 points and a half against zero people, eh? What was so it, the 10 fact tries? They did it, oh, I don't try know. Try every four minutes? It was 16 to 10 at half time. How do you score 54 points and a half? <laughs> um, 
takes longer to walk from halfway to the try line and back again. <laughs> <laughs> I um the just furthermore on that point that we just spoke about, I think the only thing that I will give it would be maybe uh like a familiarity aspect in terms of you know clubs who've played in a certain color are used to that color and then all of a sudden have a new away jersey and it's you know just a variable something different uh all of a sudden you don't have that instant recognition that's probably the only factor that i'd could think of and i've i've seen um security guards get passes from teams wearing fluoro yellow or fluoro orange so that can catch an eye um i've just got a couple more uh big requests in the last few years in the nrl and i won't confirm whether or not we've done it because i'm not sure if we're meant to be but um footless socks is a big one footless socks footless socks oh yeah 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 because they want to wear those like grippy socks eh yeah, which we we also do the gripper on the bottom of the socks, but a lot yeah. of players have their favourite brand of socks that they wear and then so they just go and cut the, the foot off their socks and then just roll it down. So we had been asked to just eliminate that process and do footless socks. Um, That's tools of the trade in my opinion. Do you think will, will rugby and like league socks just become – that sort of calf length, tube sock length that they all wear at at some point? Like, will will there ever be a point where they just cut out the f- knee length sock? Well, it makes sense, right? But it's just another, everyone wears it halfway down their calf now. It's just a sponsor logo that <clears throat> you don't get, I guess, would probably be the main, the main, you know, reason that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in terms of strange requests, that's the biggest one I've got. Um, speaking more generally, some of the, you know, as we can all probably attest to, and you've spoken about a little bit with making colours more that colour or such vague generalised terms when they're trying to, you know, detail us what they're thinking. Um, there's some real frustrating ones that I come across is when the people you're dealing with at the clubs, whether it be partnerships manager or someone in marketing um, rather than working with us to give a, uh, you know, a unique bespoke design that brings out the DNA of that club. All they're doing is on Google, seeing what the NBA is doing or the NFL is doing. And, um, you know, the amount of times I've gotten sent NBA jerseys or, you know, NFL jerseys and they're like, oh, we just want it like this. It's like, yeah, all good, but you've got a giant sponsor here. You've got sponsors here. Um, blah blah blah. It's not just as easy as you know thinking something looks cool because it's got a Lakers logo on it. So that's probably the some of the biggest frustrations I have. Um, and fur- furthermore to that is, and one, probably one of our biggest gripes is when a club, you know, they talk about their brand and their identity, and you know, almost like this bible of of branding that they have and having to push these colours and no, no, you can't do that and you can't do that. Um, and then when it comes time to giving us a brief for a range, all they're doing is looking at what their biggest rival is doing one hour up the road and flicking that to us. It's like, guys, you're trying to create your own way and then you just want us to copy everything that old mate up the road does. It's just... Um, or, yeah. or the amount of times a team or a company will break their own brand guidelines on a garment. When it suits them, right? Yeah. I mean, I... D- on that point, I do laugh at how precious we in Australia are generally. Um, in most of the pro sports, right? Like we, we're such a, you know, we're a dinky little country with these dinky little competitions. I mean, in the AFL's example, a dinky little sport that we invented, yet everything's so sacred and traditional. Um, that a dink? You know, look at, look at world football and all the tradition and history and heritage they've got. And then a club will go to a third kit that's bright pink and recolor their logo, and they don't give a shit. Yet here, Essendon is and Collingwood is not wanting to do anything outside their, you know, guidelines. Big culture shift, isn't it? Yeah, it's that American style. I always thought AFL was a bit Americanized with the draft and 
the way they just keep their uniforms the same and trades rather than transfer signings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, boys, I've just sent through a few weird ones from the sort of industry that I've seen um, as well, rather than stuff we've done. So that um, first one there we've that got is... <laughs> Sorry, that is... <laughs> just for yeah. the viewers, um, it's a, basically a jersey that's got a picture of a human with no skin on, so just the muscle anatomy. Um, the sort of red, the proper color muscles are like the home jersey, and then the purple muscles are the goalkeeper kit. And that's from. I was going to say, old mate, the goalkeeper. I don't know if you guys have ever had an MRI scan where they have to put the ink into you, so they inject, yeah, this, looks like. inject this this bright bluey purple ink into you, so that certain areas show up. That's what old mate looks like. He's had a bit of that ink into every single muscle of his body because he's he's, a, he's bright pink, oh, bright purple, sorry. This is one of those examples where oh, it's a great idea. You know, everyone was in the room going, oh, yeah, we should try this. When you got to the point where you saw the sample, you abort. Yeah. This is not working out. You know, I could stop, see mate. it maybe partially being okay if the shorts were just black. Nah. No, I disagree with you guys. There's no point in this process where this was ever a good idea. Even the the 13 seconds where it uh, mulled around in the designer's brain before he put anything to paper was a terrible mistake. Like the sponsors don't look good, the team doesn't look good. How are these players smiling right now? They think it's hilarious. That's what it would be, eh? How's the team logo incorporated in there? It's hard Pretty to... sure it's just like sublimation with a sort of drop shadow sort of it's... fade around it almost. Something weird happening. And then the uh, the sponsor on the Keeper's kit seems to have faded into obscurity. You can't really yeah. see that. Nelly thought it was a watermark at the start. Do we know yeah. the name of this team? Yeah, so this one is a third division Spanish team uh, and the kits from the 16-17 season. Um, they are CD Palencia, um, so check them out. And another good one from the Spanish third division is uh, the next one I've sent through, which everyone knows as the broccoli kit. Um, so that's from, yeah, like I say, the third division Spanish team, La Jolla. Lorca. <laughs> um, I don't know why they put broccoli on their shirt, but also yeah. they've done that. <laughs> that um, photo is just funny in itself when you look at it. Some of the players are holding each other's knees. I don't know whether you picked that up or whether you're too busy looking at the broccoli, but... <laughs> I like the socks. Socks are fine. Socks are, socks are good. Nothing yeah. wrong with the socks. Just a nice lime green. Um the next one was, it's like this random British lower league team that's sponsored by a local sausage company. So they've put the hot dog on this jersey. Um, and then the other one's spo- uh, inspired by bacon, I think it was. And I'm just sending another one through uh, where they have peas, bangers, and mash oh my for the God. team and then an apron for the for the goalkeeper jersey. You know what we're talking about? Uh, some colours being less, you know, uh, less scary to play against or not quite as intimidating. Yeah. Imagine rolling up to a game. And the team you're playing. And the team looks like this. <laughs> what was their uh, record? Yeah, I don't know much about this team. They're very low division English football, so... I actually oh, yeah. really love the goalkeeper. The apron? The, the apron on. I mean, <laughs> it should never be worn in a professional team environment, but that's pretty good. For I've sure. done one like that for um, a Quidditch team of all things. They wanted <laughs> they wanted their, their Quidditch uniform to make it look like they were wearing a, a vest or a robe over the top, so we incorporated the, the T-shirt design, you know, white T-shirt. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, got the knitted wool kind of texture and built a, 
a vest into yeah. the art of the shirt, which was kind of fun. And then everyone knows um, the Colorado carry bows with the tassels across the chest, I think, from the 70s in USA soccer, as they call it. Yeah, um, I know this one. That's a, that's a good classic weird one. Bring that back. Get some tassels on there. <laughs> Might do that for the, the Cowboys, I reckon. Yeah, go on. Heritage round. Go full, <laughs> go full retro. Might uh, throw in the arseless chaps to go real cowboy on it. Yes. <laughs> um, get some socks in a boot design. Yeah. Cut the socks so that they uh, sit lower on the sides and higher at the front and back. Put some spurs <laughs> on the back, the boots. Oh, That'd be great. There we go. <laughs> That's really good. Thanks for sharing. No worries. Uh, okay, should we jump over now to uh, your jersey reveal? Nick's jersey reveal. Yeah, so on the subject of weird jerseys, um, I've told you about this team, Mason. Have you ever heard of Stade Francais rugby kit? Yeah. Yeah, so you all know these guys. Um, Pretty infamous around the jersey that, traps, right? That's right. Most people should know them. Um, Speaking of intimidating colour-wise. But they've got a few crazy ones. Um, so the sort of Adidas era of oh, 05 to, I don't know, 2013-ish was pretty crazy. Um, so every year they pulled out something great, gone with pinks and browns and greens and faces and lightning and I don't know. Pop culture inspired a lot of this stuff. Yeah, sure. Pink heavy. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be fun to work on this stuff? Because you just know that whatever, uh, whatever crazy, crazy things you've got lurking in the back of your brain, if you would have just let those out. You know that chances are it's probably going to get approved, and they're probably going to wear it. Like not yep. much hits the cutting room floor at this club, does it? Well, you'd <laughs> nearly have to ask that question, though, wouldn't you? Because the the floodgates are open, right? So what's coming their way? Where do they make the decision? How many? Yeah, how many of these do they get given per year? And just for you Australians, here's uh, Mark Gaznia and his little yeah. rugby foray. Oh, that's a great playing for kid. them. Yeah, that's probably my favourite one they've they've had. Wow. Um, sort kind of, of the tie dye, right? Yeah, sort of tie dye. That like, what do we call it? The the um. Oh, we worked on this, Mason. What do we call that kind of fade? Oh, uh, duotone fade. Nah, the like organicness of it. But yeah, uh, a bit of organic a Miami, sort of Miami Knights vibe about, it, isn't it? Yeah, with the pink, the teal, the. I'd prefer the it without the lightning bolts coming. Mesh through. gradient on is the word you're Mesh looking gradient, for. That's it. Mesh yeah. gradient. Yeah. Um. I and the one with all the faces all over it. That's uh, one I own. It's back in New Zealand in the cupboard. Um, so I'll pull it out one day. Can I have which, a look closer. Which up? one? There's two that you sent through with the faces. The one that's got the uh, the Andy Warhol f- style one, or no, the... not, not the Andy Warhol, the like fan stadium, fans gotcha. in the stadium looking one. Yeah. So yes, Stade Francais always had a bit of fun, and um... so do you know where this culture originated from within the club? Like, have they always been like this or did it come from an eccentric owner or? They've always been like pink. Um, and since Adidas left them, they've not been as crazy. It's been toned down a lot, but I think it's ASICs who do them now. Um, they're more, I think they're sort of trying to capture that crazy vibe, but they're just not doing it quite as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know exactly when it sort of came in. Um and why, but they've always had that sort of pink coloring and and the lightning bolts are their logo, so that's why they're on everything. President Guazzini Guazzini wanted to create identifiable jerseys. He yeah. first decided to include three flashes of lightning, which are now the club's emblem, and to have a new shirt every year. In two thousand and five, Guazzini 
apologies to all our Italian listeners. Assume that's an Italian name. You're welcome. Went further and chose to shock the macho world of rugby by introducing a pink away jersey, pink being one of the rarest colours used by a sports team. They'll stand by green being the rarest colour. <laughs> oh, is that right, Mason? Oh. Uh, because this is on Wikipedia. All right. Oh, my, I stand are corrected. You arguing? <laughs> <laughs> you want to have another NFT chat like last week, do you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jack Jumper's making it, talking talking about green, Jack Jumper's making it into the uh, NBL for the first their first season and uh, Perth Wildcats first time in, oh, is it 35 years, is it, mate? Yeah, when do the Brisbane Bullets play? They don't uh, they, they're fucking nah. shit house. Yeah, they don't. They're shit house, okay? <laughs> and that's what happens when, and here's the first problem with the Wildcats. That's that what happens Nick. when you sell the franchise to a Victorian, right? Absolutely. They're wearing disgrace. pink this week. Hey, the Breakers sold their franchise to Americans, and how shit are they now? They're wearing pink too. Yeah, they, they think they're Miami. Miami wear pink. Pink's everywhere. Palermo, Stade Francais, Juventus Awakens. The rarest colour in sport. Wait, green's everywhere. The Jack Jumpers literally wear green. What are you talking about? <laughs> Phoenix wear green. South East Melbourne. Do we? Is that no, no, basketball, it's... basketball. Sorry, oh. sorry. You'd know your yellows from your greens. Yeah, I was going to say. Anyway, it's been a great podcast. Um, yeah, you really came back with a vengeance there, there Kit. You are a bit quiet to start with, but good yeah, finish, I fell asleep. <laughs> I mean, news topics bored me to death. Uh, well, let's wrap this up then. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com or via our Instagram at fieldofdesignpodcast. Uh, a lot of controversy coming in. Uh, a lot of heat coming your way, Kit, regarding our um, Tim Tam challenge, our Tim Tam slam. Uh, this is from our friend, uh, Pax88, random random follower. Uh, sounds like he's uh, getting his lawyers involved. Please note, I've contacted a no-win, no-fee legal team. You'll be pleased to note he feels he can get at least eight pieces of merchandise from us. Kind regards, your number one fan and plaintiff. <laughs> he does have a point there. Your response, Kit? <laughs> oh, I don't think there's enough beeps in our downboard to, to uh, cover up what I actually have to say against that <laughs> of a NFT snake of a human. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Just a public shame podcast here. Uh, Rick. And, and here's oh, yeah. the thing, right? Being the number, you know, having Liam Pack as your number one fan doesn't mean anything because he's the only person that I know on this planet who changes sports teams more than you do, Mason. <laughs> so write into us about that, Liam. Yeah. Hey, how many comments did we get on our um, NFT NFTs page? posts? Taken off, mate. It's taken off. We're gonna have to share it on uh, wherever they want us to share it. And um, Rick, uh, Rick FSC uh, was also a big fan of the Catholics v. Convicts chat from last week. So kudos to you, Nick, for bringing yeah, thanks, up. mate. Glad to hear someone learned something. And uh, we got in trouble for not calling what the worries were chevrons. Oh, yes. yeah, we did too, yes. Uh, yes, that was from a friend of the show. Uh, I can't, I, I'm having difficulty it's scrolling through all of our it? spam. Yeah, Mount Wellington. We've got a lot of promotes, promote spam bots this week. Um, <laughs> as far as, just, as I'd got told off a couple of weeks ago, well, not told off, but I got asked what a Chevron was when a customer was re- referring to. V's on the jersey, so I'd never know which one to say. I, uh, it's funny because you guys <clears throat> made mention of that comment regarding the Chevrons, and I drove home from being up north on the weekend, and there's that place just before the Sunshine Coast where 
they tell you to be two chevrons away from yeah, the car yeah. in front of you. <laughs> yeah. And everyone in the car was asleep and I just started pissing myself laughing. <laughs> I like, fucking follow me wherever I go. <laughs> no one refers to it as the red chevron, eh? It's the red V. Red V. Is the red V. I agree, v. though. Uh, technically, it is a chevron, isn't it? I think, I, I think chevrons sort of means when there's multiple, right? Like what Frio wear is probably the perfect example of chevrons. Uh, um, I guess what the Warriors are in, I guess, is somewhat of an abstract version. Yeah. I thought a chevron came How down orthodox. to geom- uh, geometrics of it. I thought a chevron had to have certain mathematical dimensions to it. It had to be a maybe a clear, perfect right angle or something like that. I, I could be completely wrong. I've got Google at my fingertips well, I can read and I'm not going to. Dictionary definition. A V-shaped line or stripe, especially one on the sleeve of a uniform indicating rank, rank or length of a service. What rank there are the warriors? They are shit house rank. That's what Watching they are. Watching Steam or 17th rank. And I want to give you guys another They're team. They're in the 8th at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> I think they dropped below the Broncos <laughs> after that loss. How do you, oh, my God. How do you drop behind the Broncos? In our old table. Yeah, we play Cronulla on Thursday. So. At least the Lions won. What are you talking about, mate? It is Thursday. Oh, yeah. What's the live score, mate? Uh... Cronulla have put 40 on Brisbane in the first half. <laughs> uh, and on Especially that note, let's, uh, let's finish this up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We're on Instagram at Field of Design Podcast. Give it a follow. Nick puts a lot of work in. Uh, as mentioned, if you have any suggestions or like what you're hearing, please let us know. You can reach out to us uh, via our Gmail at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Please send us some stars. Uh, rate us on your preferred app. It uh, it helps with the, all of the stars uh, with building our profile. Um, and of course, leave a review. Um, any late news, guys? Um, Cronulla have just Put another sex on. They're up to seventy to new on oh. there. They're quicker uh, than the Warriors. Big shout I'm out sorry. to uh, Dugger Bees for editing this podcast too. Until next week, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, boys. See you later. Sure. Bye.